Hey, this is Double J, Jeff Jarrett, WWE Hall of Famer, and you're listening to the My One Two Three Cents Podcast. It's my personality to be jittery. It's part of my charm. Wrestling fans, are you ready? It's time for my one, two, three cents of the podcast on the Jittery Monkey Podcasting Network. Give me a hell yeah! Now, here's your host. The man is also a very long, dear, personal friend of mine. Does the guy have a name? Yes, he has a name. Kevin Huntsberger. Woo! Hey friends, welcome to episode 471 of the My One, Two, Three Cents podcast. It is Cyber Monday. And it's also the last day, if you're listening to this on Monday, of the Pro Wrestling Tees Black Friday sale, which is extended for about 10 days. But uh, cheap plug here, I am wearing the Mondo 316 shirt. So if you do go to prowrestlingtees.com slash my123 cents before noon central time um, on Monday, November 27th, you will save 20% on your order. I also want to plug Chatting with Hatton. It is the new uh tyler hatton podcast and i was his first guest that dropped over the weekend on friday so be sure to check that out on spotify um, and i think we're working on getting some of the details worked out as getting it onto other podcasting apps so check that out for sure and last but not least the my one two three cents uh, action figure drive is well underway you can drop off at castle perilous in carbondale illinois you can venmo at kevin hyphen huntsperger on venmo or Uh, Send me a message and we can discuss options, including one that my friend and guest this week, Chad Smart, has uh, decided to use this year. And he is uh, shipping them old fashioned style here to the the house uh, in Carterville, Illinois. Chad, welcome back to the show. Welcome. And uh, I'm I'm double uh, multitasking. So if you put this up on the video, on the video version, um, it might be horribly entertaining or non not entertaining i should say for for the people watching um as opposed to being entertaining for the people that are just listening so <laughs> of course of course so um we're talking about uh, a little bit about the toy drive here and i know yeah. last year you had sent uh, some wwe figures and some aew figures and the wwe figures go figure got here first you know so uh they beat aew <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But they did get. So I actually have some some from last year that are going into the drive for this year. So uh, thank you again for that and and always being a good supporter of uh, of this project. You're welcome. I just this is going to be part one of I'm sure many parts in this series called Old Man Yells at Clouds. Uh, which I think (laughs) it should just be a podcast we should do from now on. There you go. (laughs) uh, I just, you know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but when you and I were kids and the LJN figures came out, mm-hmm. weren't they five, six dollars a piece? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 And now you go to buy a figure and it's 25, 30. I mean, the gobbledygooker Undertaker two pack is like $80. You yes. know, it's like, uh, and even I was going to use AEW's Black Friday sale. Where you mm-hmm. got fifty percent off figures, but 
that's still twelve fifty thirteen dollars a piece for one figure. I just wow. I just don't uh, see where these kids today are playing with action figures that um, you know the way we did as kids, and even, not even wrestling figures. But I was granted it was at the comic book store, so the action figures weren't uh, you know the mass produced uh, popular things. But they had uh, Simpsons Treehouse of Horror by the company Reflections, which makes a lot mm-hmm. of uh, you know uh, older remodels figures. And yeah, for a basic action figure that does nothing, it was 25 bucks. I'm just like, wow, you people, I, I don't know. I guess that's where most action figures are for collectors. Now they're not for the kids. And I, that's, that, yes, that's, you know, about, where they, that's what I was about to say. Cause I also don't understand why they come with, um, you know, multiple hands and multiple heads. And I'm like, I, 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 I would lose, those would be lost within five minutes if right. I was playing with them. So exactly. Well, and that's the thing with, with, you know, like the gobbledygooker undertaker two pack, which again, over my shoulder is gobbledygooker. And uh, they actually, Amazon just put those on sale and, and I, I, it was significantly cheaper, but here was my little, I don't think I told this story when I, when I did the unboxing, but I got the two pack, obviously it was 80 bucks. Like you said, and then I had a $25 Amazon gift card that I'd gotten from my boss last year for Christmas. So I used that. And then I ended up selling the undertaker for 40 or 45 bucks. Mm-hmm. And so I ended up paying, I think 17 or $18 for the gobbledygooker figure. So I, I ended up looking at that as a win, but uh, you're right. I was at Kmart or uh, Kmart. I wish uh, Walmart the other day, and even the basics, which is what most people donate when they do for this mm-hmm. this drive, the basic WWE figures. That is, they were they're eleven bucks now, or to almost twelve, and they used to be like nine or ten. Mm-hmm. Um, Ollie's, I haven't been up to Ollie's yet, but they typically run about six or seven bucks for the basics. But um, I don't think AEW has a basic line, do they? I think all of theirs are are more of the uh, elite. You know, yeah. compared to the WWE's version of it, or or Mattel's version, I suppose. Yeah, and I guess that's because the AEW fan, and this is something a discussion I would like to have with you in the future about the presentation of WWE versus WWE WWE versus AEW in regards to who their fans are and what they're targeting. Mm-hmm. But AEW fans, I think, are more the collector type, not the kids that are playing with them. I could be yeah. wrong, but just based on what I see online, I think uh, AEW is more for collectors. Ah, I think that's a fair assessment. Very, very, very well said there. So again, if you want to donate, the the deadline is the week of December 11th. Um, I did talk to Toys for Tots uh, a couple weeks ago, and I will be able to take toys and drop them off that week. So be sure, again, to uh, hit us up, let us know if you are interested in making a donation. And since we were talking about AEW and WWE and, and all of that good stuff, um, I was kind of debating on a topic. And, and my original idea was going to probably be negative. And Chad actually called me, uh, recording on Sunday afternoon, Chad called me Sunday morning after Survivor Series. And, w- and we were talking and I was like, you know what, if you're available this afternoon, let's just do a podcast because I was uh, I was gonna go rogue on old Ryback and 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 some others, um, and, and I decided it's too negative, and I want I want to be positive, and so have you tried uh, to get him on the show? Maybe you can <laughs> talk out your differences. We can we can square it up. Uh, you know, he's one, and and 
I had forgotten that he had blocked me until you had sent me that tweet about him saying that he was going to retire. And then I went to look to see. And, and of course, I, I noticed that I was blocked, but not blocked on the my one, two, three cents account. So I went and, and looked at it that way. But um, he and the honky tonk man. And I, I mean, Ryback, I could see because I probably did make a snarky comment about Ryback at one point. But honky tonk man, I've always been a fan. So I don't know what the beef is there with with honky. But that was going to kind of be the gist of the episode. And talking about uh, my old pal Silas Young and honky tonk man and, and some of those guys. But I again, we're going to go positive. We're going to be more positive. And I've been wanting to do music mania, uh, kind of an offshoot of movie mania, which I haven't even brought this up yet, Chad. But are you planning to see the Iron Claw movie? Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I uh, I may break my wait for streaming. Uh, not philosophy, but uh, the fact that normally mindset. I don't go to the theater. Yeah, mindset. Uh-huh. There you go. Yeah, I might go because I hear I mean, it's getting good reviews so far. Um, and, you know, who doesn't want to see their scumbag MJF up on the big screen? Yeah, playing the Von Eric scumbag. That's going to be yeah. – I, I, I'm curious because Bruce Pritchard was talking about it on his podcast from over mm-hmm. the weekend. And it reminded me of something that you and Mike DeKalb have talked about on the Out of Touchstone podcast that you guys were doing uh, based on a true story and, you know, a true story or, you know, a, a biopic. Yeah. And it seems like this one kind of goes more outside of the – maybe what actually happened and it's more based on actual events and not the actual events okay. as they, as they were. So yeah, but he said I... it's not a wrestling movie. So mm-hmm. that, that, that might, uh, that might get my mm-hmm. wife to go and, and watch it too. So we'll see. Oh, I'll you mean shirtless Zach Efron isn't enough for her? <laughs> Probably not, but uh, it might not hurt. So we will uh, hopefully be doing a review of that uh, later uh, in the year here before we hit. Well, it, it would have to be probably that Christmas Day episode <laughs> if we end up seeing it on time. But we'll talk about that later down the road. But uh, Music Mania, I did a little bit with uh, a while back, but I wanted to kind of get into it. And, and we'll do much more on Music Mania soon. But I didn't want to sit and rehash what happened at Survivor Series because there are plenty of podcasts and YouTube channels that do that. And, you know... Uh, to me, I was scrolling through TikTok and then, of course, the, the the reels that you see on Facebook and on Instagram. You know, obviously, Punk is a polarizing individual and, and we will talk briefly about it, but I, I didn't want to get I didn't want to dedicate the whole podcast to it. But it's kind of like that elephant in the room. And I did you watch the media uh, press conference uh, after the Survivor Series? No, I did not, because I, I've watched a few of the AEW ones and I know you sent out a tweet or an X about how do you get credentials mm-hmm. for that? And yeah, I, I would like the same information because I want to know who's in these, you know, because well, thinking back to our youth, whenever WWE would do a, a news conference, yeah. press conference, you know, think about like the WrestleMania seven setup, you know, yeah, uh, you know, you would get reporters, K Fabe and uh, you know, other non real people in there you know it's like grab the office pa and have him ask a question right you know yeah so i want to know who are these people that are in the in these scrums are they asking legitimate questions or here's my here's my start or is it like a biden press conference where the questions are already pre-selected i cannot confirm if the questions are predetermined but i know chris van vliet for example Mm -hmm. is uh, a big wrestling podcaster youtuber and and he has all kinds of guests on his show 
Um, and he, he was, he was a part of that one last night or, you know, at, at Survivor Series. Uh, but I was asking you about that because at the very beginning, Triple H, or they actually refer to him now as Paul Levesque, uh, you know, comes out and, and says, you know, um, the, the big return, you know, we, we're going to talk about it, yeah. yada, yada, yada. And then he ends up being about our truth, which yeah, I, I did thought see was that. pretty funny. And I wondered, you know, part of me was like, I, again, I've never met the man. I don't. I don't know anything about CM Punk. I'm indifferent to him being back. I. I am mm. fine if he's back or if he's not back. I think honestly, it's going to make both sides, both sides being Punk and and WWE, a ton of money. And that you know, it's the wrestling yeah. business first and foremost. So I'm putting that aside. And I, you know, whether I like him or not is irrelevant to the conversation. But I wondered just based on kind of his supposed pissy personality backstage you know if that mm-hmm. kind of set him off to get you know right off the bat or mm-hmm. or have have they both matured as as triple h implied in the presser um and they're having a, 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 some fun and, may, and maybe punk's a, a great guy to hang out with and be around i don't know but it just seemed like if anybody would be offended by that line it would have been him and i was like oh interesting way to start this thing off. i i think that one he could take he could understand the joke and yeah Get it. I think, you know, thinking about the uh, AEW presser that kind of set the whole downfall of Punk into play, mm-hmm. I think part of it is, and again, like we said, we have no insider information. We don't get invited to these scrums. You know, I was just at Full Gear a week ago. I left oh, yeah. after the show was over with. I ran into Nigel McGuinness, talked to him for a little bit, but that was as close as I got to a backstage. Um I, I, I did meet CM Punk a few years ago at the NHL All-Star game when he was refereeing the match between the mascots or the game between oh, the okay. mascots. All I said was, hi, snapped a quick photo and left. So that's my whole interactions with CM Punk. Yeah. Um, but it seems like the the AEW presser that set him off, you know, that was after he had, um, I can't remember if that was when he tore his, Try his bicep, tricep, or whatever, or something where it was after a match, he was injured, he yeah. was sore. You know, probably not the best time to be doing right presser. Um, and then, and yeah, and then someone in, and I don't even remember if someone asked him about Colt Cabana or how that whole thing got brought up, but yeah, I, I think that's still a sore subject, and I don't think we'll see Scotty Goldman in WWE anytime soon. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think as far as last night's presser, and I, I don't believe Punk came in and talked. Um, I don't think he presser. did. I watched for a bit. I watched up, up through Cody coming out, and okay. and I I thought if they were gonna, they would have. I would have hoped they would have, you know, kind of led with Punk if they were going mm. to do that. And while people are still engaged and watching, and not have yeah. to sit through Gunther and and everyone else kind of <laughs> talking. So yeah, I mean, nothing it, against it, Gunther. <laughs> And to your point about being indifferent towards punk, you know, a part of me is watching just for the car crash aspect of it to see like, okay, you know, cluttering time, how long is it going to be before something sets him off? And, you know, yeah. and I want to know is the doctor that he uh, railed against on Cabana's podcast that ended up suing punk. Does he still work for WWE? I don't mm. know. Um, but again, if they can bring back Randy Orton, I, I would rather see CM Punk than Randy Orton. So really, wow. Yeah, because yeah, you know I, I don't like I've Orton. Changed, 
I know you don't. And I've changed on Orton. I, I was, I was uh, kind of in the same camp as you, but uh, the last few years, I don't know. He's, he's grown on me. I don't know what it is, but I, I was well, that's because he's hanging out with your bro. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Remind me when we're done here to, to ask you something off. I don't want to talk about it on, on the right. stream, but we'll, we'll talk about it later. All right. But yeah, I just, uh, you know, real quick, I think going forward, it's going to be interesting to see where punk fits into WWE storylines, because yeah. as we were discussing before we started recording, you know, you look at if he's going to be on raw, you've got Seth, Cody, main event, Jay Uso, Gunther should be moving or Gunther's on SmackDown, I guess. Um, uh, Sami Zayn, Drew McIntyre, Judgment Day. You know, you've got these guys that are up there. Yeah. Top of the card. Is Punk going to be okay coming in and not being the focus? Yeah. Will he be, uh, you know, and we don't, I, I, as, as of this recording, at least, there were, were no details released about a contract, if he's going to be a long-term thing, if this is going to be something to kind of bridge us through WrestleMania season. Uh, but this time of year, you know, Tyler said it best on on social media uh, after this all kind of went down. You know, this time of year really is a great time to be a wrestling fan, I think. I, I, I just love the Survivor Series from back in 87. Um, you know, even... Uh, I, I'm not a big fan of not having the elimination matches, but I get the war games, mm-hmm. and I know they've neutered it and tweaked it and made it more WWE-style than it was when it was in JCP. Mm-hmm. But I love this season. And then the Royal Rumble is, is you know, besides WrestleMania, the Royal Rumble is my favorite event. So, uh, And it really, it's, it's a crapshoot now. I mean, you've got so many different possibilities of a of a royal rumble winner now not, not that just punk coming in has changed that but even before uh, you know i remember a few you know maybe a 10 or 12 years ago it was pretty predictable the rumble was as far as who was going to win and 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 whatnot i feel like the last few years although cody this past year was kind of a gimme but um i think everyone you know it, it's going to be interesting to see how they how they do this and 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 work it and you know, Roman Reigns, of course, is, is kind of you know, wasn't anywhere near the uh, Survivor Series last night. And uh, a couple of other people I thought kind of curious by them not being there. L.A. Knight, uh, you know, he's seemed to be red hot. And, and yeah. all of a sudden now he's he's not around Logan Paul, the new U.S. champion. Um, so it, it'll be interesting to see kind of where all these other players then start falling into, into place and, and how it all works out. Yeah, I think adding the raw title that Seth Rollins currently holds does add some intrigue into the title pick, the Royal Rumble winner, because now you have someone who can yeah. go after either champion as opposed to the last couple of years where they had to go after Roman. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, one of the things about Survivor Series too is the whole show, even after the end and then the punk post show celebration, the show clocked in at two hours and 45 minutes, roughly. So, mm-hmm. I mean, granted, that's much better than the seven-hour, eight-hour WrestleManias that have been in the past, or even the five-hour mm-hmm. AEW shows. But, you know, there's something about when your pay-per-view or your premium live event is not even as long as your flagship show, that's a little like, okay, you couldn't stretch it out for another 20 minutes and throw on a, as much as I hate the Raw versus SmackDown mentality of we're fighting for our brand even though we're going to get, you know, we move back and forth throughout the year. We don't really have an allegiance. But like you said, there are so many people missing from the show that you couldn't throw on a, 
a SmackDown versus Raw elimination match just to right. you know, get some guys on the show, pad out the time a little bit. But um, because I overall, I thought the three individual matches were fine, but nothing premium light event, right. live event worthy. Whereas, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I agree. Uh, 100% agree with that. Um, I will tell you from watching it actually live and, and on the TV in the living room and not having to sit on my phone and watch it. Uh, my wife appreciated it only being two hours and 45 minutes. But, um, I, you know, as, as we talked about Survivor Series on the phone uh, before we set up for this, uh, I, I didn't want to focus just solely on Punk's return in on, on, on Survivor Series. So uh, I thought, well, let's talk Music Mania. And, you know, when you and I were growing up, I remember specifically, and I'm sure you do too, there was a time period where wrestlers came out to the ring to no music. And then as some of them did start coming out to the ring, it was, um, you know, popular songs on the radio. Junkyard Dog specifically stands out, you know, another one rides the bus, another one rides <laughs> the bus, another one bites the dust. I got my Weird Al and Queen mixed up there. Mm. Um, and then, you know, Hulk Hogan before Real American, which was Barry Windham and Mike Rotundo's song. He was coming out to uh, uh, Eye of the Tiger from from Survivor. So there was, you know, and I watched a lot of Dallas wrestling. And, and so the Von Erics and everybody came out, started coming out at least to some some commercialized music. And then Vince McMahon, I, because I guess the rights fees for, for music is outrageous. Um, and you, if you watch the network, a lot of the songs that that were like that before have been since replaced with their WWE or uh, WCW theme songs uh, as they were able to own those rights and, and whatnot. But were there and, and again, I want to talk more about this aspect on another episode. But, you know, were there any of those kind of modern songs that were on the radio that you would turn on and, and hear wrestling or, or anything that made you? become a, a fan of the song because it was on wrestling um trying to think you know and even though growing up in the 80s and early 90s you like you said you got that with a lot of the um, wrestlers i think for me ecw was really the one that probably i associate wrestlers with song like i became fans mm -hmm. of songs because of the wrestler you know more okay. so um you know obviously I mean, as Metallica fan anyway, but Enter Sandman with the Sandman. You know, anytime you hear Sandman now, Enter Sandman, yeah. you want that. Or if you see Sandman wrestling, you want that epic entrance. Yeah. Um, you know, and even uh, Rob Van Dam's song Walk by Pantera, which he's now using in AEW again. You know, that that introduced me to Pantera. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm trying to think of back in besides Hogan and um, I think I can't remember what song the Freebirds use down in Dallas. Um, I don't know if you remember what song. I can only remember Bad Street, but I'm sure, yeah, they used oh. something before Bad yeah. Street USA. Didn't, didn't they use Freebird? Come on, I'm just setting you up. Yeah. There. Oh, maybe they did. <laughs> did they? I don't know. Did they? I thought so. I thought that oh. they, they very well could have. Oh. Sorry. Oh. I, <laughs> this uh, isn't water, so no, oh. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I'm trying to remember because you know, then I remember the wrestling album and Pile Driver and those songs being used for the main guys. Right. And, and I'm trying to think of WCW other than Flair using the 2001 theme song. You know what? I'm trying to think if they use like what did Dusty Rhodes? 
use or the horseman or I feel I don't think the horseman had music, but I feel like Dusty Rhodes came out to like some kind of working man kind of song. I can't remember what it was though, but I yeah. feel like maybe he had something, but again, I don't remember much of, of those guys coming out to stuff. Now, um, one of the other podcasts that I listen to, um, they do the, they're doing, it's uh, OBP, uh, our vantage point, and they're doing weekly. They're watching every week from, they started in 1982. They're in 1986 now. Hmm. And early Adrian Adonis, early adorable Adrian Adonis, because they're watching this off of YouTube feed. They're not watching it off of the network. He came out to "You're So Vain" by Carly Simon, which mm. I had I had no recollection of that. So, mm. uh, but it was only a handful of times. But yeah, I, I I remember a lot of the guys would come out and and I want to do a whole episode on Phil Collins because I feel like <laughs> for a minute there there was a big Phil Collins WWE connection, and we'll we'll save that for a, a future music mania. But mm. um, those were those were some that stood out to me that that I remember. Um, you know, but obviously, uh, I think WWE, because it was so big at the time, one, it only made sense then that they start, you know, with the vision that Vince McMahon had, that they start yeah. producing their own music and, and whatnot. But then also, everybody had their eyes on them. So it was easier for a Paul Heyman in yeah. ECW or Fritz Von Erich in Dallas or whatever. Those smaller promotions could kind of get away with using the commercialized music, but nowadays it's it's in fact i won't be playing any music clips on this for the youtube portion of it because it'll get dinged immediately but right. uh, and, and i is, know it is very interesting yeah yeah and i know indie promotions too mm -hmm. if, depending on who their distribution deal is with like i know for example pro wrestling gorilla will use the uh you know popular songs as guys come to the ring but then on the dvd releases the entrances are cut off because they can't yeah that but yeah yeah if you're a small promotion that no one's really you know i mean if you go after him what are you going to get right. five cents and the promotion shut down like that's not worth yeah well and i had to when i was doing stuff with stride we there was somebody who came out to a song i think by maybe metallica or it was a it was a commercialized song a lot of the guys in stride had their own either somebody they knew somebody that made music or mm. so it was it wasn't or it was generic enough music that it never got dinged but there were a couple times that that the the one song would get dinged and i'd get a warning from you or you know a thing from youtube you can't post this or yada yada mm. yada so i'd have to go in and kind of trim the entrances so i i basically then because i was like i'm just gonna across the board cut the entrances off because yeah it does become a bit of a headache of mm. you know you know the channel's not monetized, you know, we're making $0 on this, but I, I get it. You know, the, the artists want to protect their creative or intellectual properties and, yeah. and whatnot. So, and, you know, honestly, I'm surprised the entrance song for this podcast hasn't been hit because <laughs> it's the ultimate warriors theme song with a bunch of sound bites from other wrestlers. So, and I've done that for, you know, this is episode 471. I don't know what episode I started doing that on, but it's been, mm -hmm many many years but again nobody's listening or not i shouldn't say i i don't mean nobody's the people who would be able to shut it down are not listening yeah. so please don't report getting, me if you're listening yeah. it's not getting flagged by the ai algorithm duh. yeah yeah exactly exactly so let's talk about cult of personality uh mm -hmm. this was a song that came out i believe in 1989 so we're both in high school when this song comes out i remember liking the song back then uh, it's by Living Color, 
not to be confused with the show at the same time in living color with the mm-hmm. sketch comedy of uh, Damon Wayans and, and Keenan Ivory Wayans and, and his family. But um, were you a fan of the song when it first came out back in the day? Cause this was, it was a different uh, and, and help me here because it, as I'm explaining this, at least from my perspective of remembering it, you know, it didn't, African-American music back then, it was Motown, it was, you know, the Jackson, Michael Jackson, mm-hmm. it was uh, Lionel Richie, it was Salt and Pepper. it was more either, you know, you had either the kind of smooth rocks versions of things, or yeah. you had more of the R&B and rap, and obviously, you know, this was before Snoop Dogg and, and uh, NWA, NWA, I guess, was mm-hmm. starting to come up, but it was either really rap rap or some R&B or, yeah. you know, that that lighter rock stuff. And Living Color was a bit more, I don't want to say metal, but it, it was, it fit in a different genre and, and help me. Yeah, there. I guess you could just, just say rock. Um, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, I, I think other than maybe Bad Brains, which were a punk band um, that's very influential in the punk scene. Yeah. You didn't have a lot of, um, I, I mean, racking my brain, I can only think of like the lead singer of King's X, maybe. And, I want to say Phil Linet of Thin Lizzy. I think he was is black as well. I could be wrong. Uh, hopefully, if I am, no one will be offended by that. But but yeah, Living Color was really one of the first major rock acts, um, at least in that era of when like the hair metal scene was really taking off, and they got mm-hmm. um, really big. And yeah, I I mean, I think the song from the first time I heard it. I, you know, I enjoyed the song. I bought the album or the cassette. Oh, okay. I bought Vivid. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then as they moved on throughout their career, like they, they're very skilled magi- magician, musicians and uh, kind of experimented more with more styles and everything. And I didn't know that. I actually just saw Living Color month and a half ago in concert. They I was going to say, I thought you had seen them recently, yeah. And apparently the bass player was very influential in the rap scene and helped co-write oh. a lot of early 80s rap songs. Oh, wow. And so they did, Interesting. because this was the 50th anniversary of hip-hop, they did um, a couple of those songs in, in concert. But And I would still recommend they're going back out on tour with Extreme after the new year. If they come to your area, highly recommend it. They are still amazing live and Corey Glover, the lead singer, his voice is still on point. So, uh, but yeah, getting back to the song called personality, I think it just, uh, you know, you're talking about your song, your theme song, having the sound bites. I think the sound mm-hmm. bites in cult of personality helped um, establish that song as something a little bit more meaningful and deeper than say cherry pie or, yeah. you know, slide it in by white snake. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's that's a good point, too. And, uh, you know, as we were talking earlier about not everybody had theme music. And mm-hmm. I feel like uh, as we talk about music mania here and, and the significance of it, because w- music is s- s- such a part of most people's daily lives, whether you're in the car listening to it, whether it is a part of a podcast that you're listening to or, you know, just flipping through the TV, a commercial break, uh, TV show theme songs. Music is such a big part of us. And I think that without it in wrestling, 
the presentation is completely different because how many times did we hear that music and we'll get to, to punk here in a minute, but you hear that music, that first note or two, mm-hmm. and some of these songs that are so recognizable and especially with someone that's been gone for a while, but you know, you hear that glass break for stone cold Steve Austin and, you know, you can go back and look at on, on the videos of those pops. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was just such a, a big part of the presentation. I think sometimes it, it made the moment seem even more important. Um, I don't know what, I know you're a big fan of music in general too. Mm -hmm. So I would imagine you kind of feel the same. Yeah. I mean, you get a Pavlovian dog response because you train people to recognize. And I guess this is part of my problem now with today's uh, wrestling culture and and theme songs is that unless it is a popular song Mm -hmm. or it has a specific, uh, you know, first few words that come out before the song kicks in, I have no idea who a lot of people are. There's, you know, YouTube channels that do uh, guess the wrestler theme song. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I'm like anything made after like 2005, I'm like, I got no clue. I don't. Yeah. And especially like when they can name the title of the song, because I'm like, Oh, it's on my workout, you know, playlist or it's, I listen to it. I'm like, yeah, ever since uh, I think WWE, the theme volume four was the last, wrestling album that i listened to you know mm-hmm. yeah so well and oh go ahead oh i was gonna say yeah i don't uh so i think yes if you can get a good song that works with the the wrestler which i think cult mm-hmm. of personality works with cm punk um even you know because he's had the little cults in his, in his yeah. wwe run and and he is definitely a personality I guess you could say. <laughs> so it, it works for him. And I think, you know, these guys going back to the Indies that use these songs on the Indies level, if they can trans- transition them into WWE, AEW, Impact, um, I think it helps with their overall career because it's like a consistency and it's, you know, it's like you're, because I think, people have a lot of fear if somebody jumps from the indies to one of the major promotions that they're like, Oh, they're especially in WWE sense. Oh, you're going to, you know, give them a new name. You're going to change mm-hmm. them. You're going to water down the presentation. But if you, if you can carry over that theme song it and the name as well, but it does help to kind of maybe tell the audience, Hey, this is still the same person that you have liked on the indies. Now he's just on a bigger stage and you won't be buying a t-shirt from him at intermission. I was going to ask you about that next because it does feel like there are very few examples of where someone, and I know Punk didn't come in immediately to mm-hmm. the uh, cult of personality because I know he was using that prior to coming to WWE. Um, it's interesting though that they they picked up on that and they kind of went uh, you know all in and and rode that wave with Punk mm-hmm. for a while there. Um, so much so that when he, and I don't know what he used when he was was doing UFC or if they even do that's how little mm-hmm. I know about UFC if they even come out to music but um, yeah I think he used another one know, bites the dust <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's good that's good um, but you know coming out to when he when he signed with AEW and you know one of the things that Tony Khan did which mm-hmm. credit to Tony Khan on this. Because honestly, when when 
and I'm going to backtrack a little bit here, but when, you know, to me, WWE set the standard when it comes to having that, and you know, Jim Johnston and Jimmy Hart and, and whoever else was creating that music uh, was so incredible and so iconic, you know, from the big boss man's theme to, you know, the uh, tweaked version of pop and circumstance to the million dollar man to real American on and on and on. Then you flip to WCW and they were uh, trying to do this as well with some of the, and I didn't feel like any, like there were, in my opinion, maybe American males, but <laughs> you know, the WCW music library to me lacked in terms of the, the original content. Now, when they did Voodoo Child and they got some of those other mm. uh, commercial hits or, and I don't know what the right word, licensed music and, and was using yeah. those songs, uh, it helped. Um, and so t Tony Khan kind of bringing in, I know he did it for Jungle Boy with um, whatever the jung Jungle Tarzan. Life or whatever, whatever that Tarzan song Boy, is. Yeah. yeah, Tarzan Boy. Um, you know, those kinds of, of moments where you can do that. And I don't feel like you can or should do it with with every performer. But when when you have those special talents or, or special songs, uh, I, I think it dictates dictates it. And I think, again, like I said before, that pop with punk at, at Allstate back in 2021, I guess, just mm -hmm. a couple of years ago when he came back, um, I think the music helped with that. If he would have come out to a different theme song or mm -hmm. something else, it, obviously everybody knew and was it was ready for that thing, you know, that chord to hit on on cult of personality. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, definitely that because you, like you said, a lot of you know, if you can't recognize the wrestler by the music and you're waiting for them to step through the curtain for the audience to see, but with cult of personality, you hear the static and then that first guitar chord mm -hmm. people know, um, you know, I, I find it funny because you mentioned WCW and yeah, other than, um, cause I believe it was Jimmy Hart that was doing a lot of their music he too. Did, yes. And they seem to want to go for knockoffs, like, like DDP's yeah. theme song was smells like teen spirit with, mm -hmm. you know, like it's kind of like the vanilla ice treatment where he's like, yeah. you know, Theirs goes dun 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 dun. Mine goes dun 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 dun, and it's like yeah, yeah it's the same thing. You're just moving it, you know, maybe half a note later. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and definitely when you get that recognizable moment. But, um, I just think that uh, yeah, you know, thinking AEW like now Orange Cassidy uses Jane by, I want to say Talking Heads. Uh, or the pretenders maybe i don't jefferson starship jefferson airplane one of the four <laughs> one of them uh see i don't know who the song i don't know who does the song but i know what the song is and i know right right apparently and i haven't gone back and watched this to see if it's the reasoning but i didn't know that um orange cassidy the character is based on paul rudd's character in wet hot american summer or at least in one scene and i don't know if mm. that song's played in the background and that's why he uses it but oh okay but yeah i think when you have it's it's finding that song that can match up to the wrestler and that yeah I, without being like too i mean i guess inter sandman works but it's a little too on the nose you know where it's like, right yeah but. well and i think you know i i think there were a lot of people i i wasn't surprised that punk came back i was surprised mm -hmm. that he came back at Survivor Series, I told you on the phone earlier. I I figured they'd wait until Rumble because they had Randy coming back and and being Cody's first um, 
war games, you know, with Dusty's creation. I, you know, but I, I don't think Punk's return necessarily eclipsed that, even though that has been kind of the talk. But I don't know that I would have done a podcast this week on Cody being in war games for the first time or Randy mm. Orton's return, especially with you knowing your <laughs> your feelings for Randy Orton. But um, and Cody, yeah, I'm glad though that they kept obviously you know licensed and 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 again i don't know what they pay for those kinds of things but you know and and i read somewhere and i think you and i even joked about it on on snapchat about did did living color re-record or or redo something with the song this week even yeah news came out that they had re-recorded it i don't know if it's like an anniversary of the song i guess it would have been 25 years 35 years ago yeah, I, I <laughs> wish I was 25. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Um, but yeah, they had recorded a new version, which um, I don't know if that had anything to do with Punk coming back to WWE or, mm-hmm. again, it's the 35th anniversary, so maybe they're doing new versions. And, and like I said, they're back out on tour. They need uh, music to sell to you know hype the show. But um, yeah, I, I'm going to go and go off on a tangent here. I just... Think real quick, um, CM Punk and Bret Hart, are they the same person? Do you think that CM Punk would ever refuse to lose in Chicago? <laughs> no, he wouldn't do that, would he? <laughs> Very possible. Um, it's, just, it's just odd that those who seem to have a similar you know, career, not really trajectory, but just similar things. And I know, you know, when he was in AEW teaming with FTR, they were a lot of Bret Hart tributes. Um, mm. But, you know, two guys that kind of burned their bridge with WWE said they would never go back. Yeah. And they both have now. Well, and I think, and I think we've talked about this before, if it wasn't with you on the podcast, I know we've talked mm-hmm. about it uh, offline, but the, the ability to forgive and forget. Mm-hmm. And I guess, especially when, you know, there's all kinds of Benjamins involved, but yeah, you know, how many years did Ultimate Warrior and and Bruno San Martino and mm-hmm. Bret Hart, you know, all of those guys harbored resentment, grudges, whatever the case was with Vince McMahon. And I, and I do think that Paul Levesque, Triple H, uh, has been a good ambassador, a good uh, olive branch extender, if you will. Um I never thought we'd see Bruno go in the hall of fame and I never thought warrior would come back into the fold. Um, I'm, I am legitimately surprised over the course of the last, you know, several months that punk is back. Um, But again, it's a business. And and I think sometimes fans forget that and they, they want to hold on to this animosity or they want to believe the online reports. And maybe some of them are true. We really still to this day, don't know what truly happened. Mm. Uh, backstage at at uh, Wembley Stadium. We, yeah. we don't know. Uh, we know it was enough, though, to get Punk fired. And so, um, but I don't think someone is going to be able to, you know, pull something like that in WWE. And again, that's not a mar- or a slam or, or a knock against AEW. I just think it's a different work environment. It's a mm. different setup. It's a different management structure. It's whatever it is. And obviously both parties agreed before all this went down at survivor series of, of, you know, how it was going to work out mm-hmm. and, and how things were going to look. So, but I, you know, I, I dig the music when that, 
again, I had was about to send out a snarky mm-hmm. tweet about Punk not being there, you know, and tying back into this Ryback thing. But I mean, I literally started pushing buttons to to type it out. <laughs> And that song hit and I was like, you got to be kidding me. And, you know, you see some of those people, over, in my opinion, overreactions, maybe it's for the the views and the clicks yeah. and whatnot. But again, I was legitimately surprised. I said, holy shit, to my my dad was here and, and we were watching it. And he's like, you know, he doesn't keep up with it. So he didn't know mm-hmm. what the significance of punk being there was. But I explained it to him. So um, it, to me, it was a, it was one of those surprise moments of the year um and and you know we'll we'll see how it plays out but what what were you thinking when you heard the music hit well again i watched the show on the replay and so i guess when punk showed up both you and my cousin had sent me a snap in a chat being like hey are you watching live and so i knew something was up Mm -hmm. and and then watching the show you know they played up randy orton wasn't there which Again, hopefully he's being fined for being late to a show. <laughs> uh, it's one of my pet peeves in wrestling logic. Um, guys not showing up on time. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and then they did the cash-in tease, which I think would have been really interesting to figure out how they were going to do that yeah. in the course of the Survivor Series. And then, uh, yeah, and then Randy comes out. And so I'm like, okay, they're just, I think they were, you know, they knew what the audience expected and they were playing with that expectations. And then mm-hmm. something WWE has done a few times in the past few years. And I think it works is, you know, the show's ending, they throw up the copyright, you think show's over. And then all of a sudden something hits because it, it's like if punk would have just came out after the victory, it, it still would have got a major pop. But I think by letting the fans be like, he's coming. Oh, no, it's not. Okay, let's relax. And then yeah. you hit them. You get the um, maybe the bigger pop and the bigger excitement. So I think that was well done. Um, but yeah, uh, uh, what was your question? Well, just uh, uh, I don't remember the actual question, but just <laughs> as you were talking about it, it made me think of something else. Imagine, though, that Punk just shows up. Or they mm-hmm. they pan to him in the crowd. You know, mm-hmm. he's up in the ra- ra- not the rafters, but he's up in the balcony, or or yeah. he's watching from the control room. I don't think it has the same. I think people would have popped, but mm-hmm. again, I think that music and knowing what that music means mm-hmm. is what you know kind of brings those fans into a fr- or brings yeah. all fans into that kind of frenzied state. Yeah, I mean, you can go back a few months when the rock showed up i think it was on smackdown unannounced mm-hmm. you know i yeah. think it was like when the strike actor strikes had yeah. just kind of started and cena was coming back no one expected the rock to show up and granted you know it didn't lead to anything long term it's more of the um just the in-house you know like anything can happen basically so that's why you mm-hmm. need to buy your ticket and come to the show but yeah as soon as you know if you smell what the rock is cooking hit over the pa the crowd went crazy because Again, it's that identifiable mark that people, mm-hmm. you can automatically know what's going to happen. And then it's yeah. something that you're not expecting. So you get it. And go ahead. Oh, no. I, I was going to ask you as we kind of start to wind things up. Mm-hmm. Conversely, because we've seen this happen in the past, you know, specifically the Montreal screw job and, and the aftermath of that. I remember Sean being in the ring and calling out Brett and they played Brett's music and Brett doesn't show up. And then another time it's a little person dressed up like Brett Hart. 
So obviously in these instances where WWE owns that music and owns that mm -hmm. copyright, they can kind of dick around with it and, and make people think what they want to think. Mm -hmm. But, you know, had that music hit last night or on, on Saturday night and, and punk doesn't show up. I, I mean, there would have been a, a meltdown, I think of, of yeah. you know, cause then it's like, because I can remember back many years ago, it was, you know, obviously between now and 2014 when punk left, but they were in Chicago and the fans were chanting. This was still early on in, on, in his departure. And there were those rumors mm -hmm. always backstage or whatever. And Stephanie was in the ring and she was heel Stephanie. And, she said something like, you can say his name all you want. He's not here. Um, you know, so sometimes I, I wonder, and now that Vince is gone, maybe they mm -hmm. don't do that kind of, uh, you know, sleight of hand or, or pull mm -hmm. the curtain out from under or the rug out from under you as much as they used to. But uh, I, yeah, I think that would have been a, a disastrous consequence if they would have played the music, hyped it up, and then, you know, uh, you know, a Gilbert type uh, guy comes right. out instead of punk, you know, uh, you'd see him fill or some, something along those lines. Yeah. I mean, if CM, if CP monk would have came out, I would have been okay mm. with that, but, <laughs> and I still think EW should have CP monk and Cole Cabunny come out, but uh, yeah. And I think, you know, those type of things do happen. And like you said, you know, it's one thing if it's a storyline and it's a heel in the crowd, you messing with the crowd. Yeah. But if it's just, the company itself doing it, I think then you risk, you know, as I say, uh, ruining the town or destroying yeah. the town, whatever the phrase is, because you're just going to anger your fans. And right. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think, I mean, the down, the flip side of that too, is we as fans need to understand that just because we fantasy book something and it doesn't happen, that that's not the company, you know, messing right. with us or, or, you know, right. Yeah. Disappointing I, us. That's us disappointing ourselves into something that never happened. was never going to happen. I think WrestleMania 39 might be one of the better examples <laughs> of that. The main event with Cody, but there was someone else too, that I thought that, you know, they were, everybody was hyped up that somebody was going to, I don't remember. If, I don't even remember if it was AEW or if it was WWE, but they, in their mind, it might've been, yeah, it was when Tony Khan was talking about, um, you know, his, big one of his favorites was coming in. Yeah, the big announcement. But it was before Christian Cage came oh, yeah. in. But he was talking about one of his favorites. And and people jumped to the conclusion that it was John Cena or yeah. uh, someone. This may have been CM Punk, you know, the CM yeah. Punk time that they were talking. And then it ended up being Christian. And fans were, the hardcore fans, I think, were disappointed. But it's like, yeah, we as fans have to stop getting it into our mind that, you know, they're booking for us specifically, you know, you and I are, you know, I'm 50 and you're, you know, in the rear Almost, view mirror, yeah. you know, catching up to it. So we're not the demographic. And, and so, mm -hmm. um, you know, it will be interesting to see where this ride goes with punk. The music is back. Obviously, will we get ice cream bars? That's <laughs> my next big question, but, uh, you know, they immediately, and again, this is the business side of it. The t-shirt sale, you know, WWE shop ad came up on my phone almost immediately after the show ended. So obviously both sides know what they're doing when it comes to that. You know, AEW does a great job with that with pro wrestling tees whenever a new talent, you know, when Punk came in two years ago, I think that shirt sold out in, in a matter of mm -hmm. minutes and was their best selling and may still be their uh, best selling um, uh, shirt of all time. So uh, it'll be interesting to uh, sit back and, and kind of enjoy the ride as they say. Yeah. And just on a, Post note, footnote, uh, 
Christian coming in is one of the best signings that AEW has done. He should all respect the patriarchy. And um, he hopefully will not be jobbing to Adam Copeland. But, uh, no, Christian is doing the, probably some of the best work of his career right now. Um, but as I was going to say, you know, do you think if Punk hadn't gone to AEW, would he be back in WWE? Or would a or would the WWE basically sign him because of the fallout with AEW? Oh, or I see what you're saying. You know, would there have been any interest in bringing him back otherwise? Um, I don't think there would have been interest from him for starters for that. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, no, I agree. I think that because uh, I do think they kind of flirted with him back when he came back, uh, whatever year it was, where they were doing the show on Fox. That was Fox. Yeah, from what I I know it was a Fox earlier, thing. But Fox. I, I, yeah, I they said they Vince were, McMahon. Apparently, Fox yeah. wanted him on to show up on SmackDown because I was on Fox, but Vince McMahon was against it. So, I, I but you no, know, changing I, I, management too. Also, yeah, I agree. I don't think you know had he had the two years in AEW before this, I there would have he would not have shown up at Survivor Series last night. No, I I, I don't think that. Um, and I don't think that he would have wanted to, but I think that he got back into it, um, enjoyed the, the ride, uh, in AEW in terms of the, because there is something about being out there in front of people and performing and and being able to do that. And fans obviously still, you know, he's, he is a, he's probably one of wrestling's more polarizing figures, but he's also Mm -hmm. that side that is behind him is behind him. And again, it's that kind of cult of personality mentality, you know, they, Mm -hmm are all in with him. pardon the pun there too, but you know, um, well, and the, you know, we've discussed this before. So I'll throw it out again. Is it, uh, yes, I think fans do like punk, but is it also just because they know punk, you know, it's the same way. If John Cena shows up, if the rock, even mm-hmm. if Hulk Hogan shows up, fans are going to go crazy for it because it's, you know, like a term, it's a legend showing up in the business that you didn't expect. And, you know, it may not be somebody you want to see long term, but especially if you're in the arena and that right. they show up, then, you know, it's not to, uh, you know, not to discredit them or anything. But these these legends are bigger than, say, if Tazawa, um, yeah, I think that's his name, Tazawa came out or, yeah. even, you know, Otis and, and, and I mean, I think Alpha Academy has a great gimmick and they're doing good at third position in the company but there's a difference between star power there so yeah i just think it you know because um for example i'll go back to your good friend if feed me more hits on the speaker is a crowd gonna go crazy for ryback i I think we need to find (laughs) out i think yes well, and, you know, and, and as you were, were bringing that up, I, and somebody will correct me, and you may correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like Punk may be that first non-WWE product that reached that legendary status. Mm. Hulk Hogan, John Cena, Triple H, Batista, even, you know, Rick Flair, they all, you dust your... They, and, and maybe not WWE, but that was not part of the big two. You know, it wasn't part of the NWA. It wasn't part of WCW or uh, WCW or WWE. You know, Punk came from 
Ring of Honor, which back then wasn't, you know, so he was really that first indie darling, mm-hmm. I think. And and maybe I'm, I, I could be wrong, but it just feels like that kind of makes him unique in that sense as well, because I, while I would not put him in a class of, of Hulk Hogan or of, uh, you know, Stone Cold Steve Austin, but he's mm-hmm. definitely in the conversation of, 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 of greats who have made a significant impact in pro wrestling. So, yeah, um, I mean, he and, uh, Brian Danielson. Yeah. Oh, definitely. I would, I would put Brian, you know, I, I, you know, I, you know how I feel about Dana Bryan or Brian Danielson, but, uh, I, I personally like him a lot more than CM Punk. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how the everyday fan would, would look at it though. It's interesting because I do think that had Punk not left in 2014, mm-hmm. I don't know that we would have gotten the version of of Daniel Bryan that we got in WWE. Mm-hmm. I don't. I could be wrong. I could be wrong about that. But that may be another case study that we do down the road. It's coming up on 10 years, so maybe we'll break that down uh, in 2024. So, all right, Chad. Anything else on your mind you want to say before we wrap things up this week? Uh, no. I mean, you know, we just had two weeks of good, good wrestling. Um, be being front row at AEW full gear. I I wish you would have flown out for that and saved me <laughs> from uh, having to sit next to the person that was sitting next to me. But <laughs> uh, you know, I got to uh, got to experience that, and that was fun. Um, and then, like I said, Survivor Series again. It's and we can discuss this on another show. It's just the difference between AEW and WWE. If you're looking at you know, if they're ice cream and you want expect chocolate from both of them, right? It's not going to be that way. You know, one's going to be Rocky Road and one's going to be chocolate mint chip or whatever. You know, it's yeah. similar but different. So, and I guess you know, as fans, just like what you like. If you don't like something, let it go. Don't fo- just, fixate on it. Just snap Except each other it, about it. <laughs> yeah, unless yeah, unless it's Randy Orton and hate all you want and. uh <laughs> But no, it's like, again, you know, life is so much more than wrestling, um, you know, and this is going to be, I guess we're getting into the holiday season where, you know, focus on what's important and bitching online. Yes, it's cool and it's fun to do. And that's why the internet was invented, but go outside and breathe in some fresh air every now, now and again. Very well said. Uh, and as uh, Chad said, the holiday season, don't forget to uh, reach out to us about the My One Two Three Cents uh, wrestling figure drive that is going on now, and we will gladly accept those donations. Friends, thank you so much for listening and or watching to this week's episode. We will talk again soon. Have a great week. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.